Good morning, Milton Bible Church. My name is Matt Timpson. It's a real honor and a a privilege to be able to share God's word with you this morning. Thank you for joining in online with us. We are so glad that each and every one of you are here this morning. Today is the last in the sermon series that we have been doing called Promises, Promises, Standing on the Promises of God. Previously in this series, we talked about the promises, the promise of salvation, which really is the most important place to begin. Everything flows from there. We talked about the promise of peace, the promise of being loved by God, the promise of his presence, I am with you. And last week, the promise of a foundation of freedom based on God's grace. Today, we're talking about the promise of suffering. That may not sound like a promise that you are excited about that much. You know, the first two promises, Jim spoke about the promise of salvation and of peace. You can totally get behind that. Jordan talked about the promise of being loved by God. If God is with us, if God is for us, who can be against us? Absolutely, sign me up for that. Chris, a couple of weeks ago, talked about the promise of that, that God is always with us in all situations, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Thank you for that, Lord. And last week, Ed spoke about the promise that we stand on the foundation of God's grace. Amen to that. But this week, we're talking about the promise of suffering. You may be thinking, thanks, Matt, but maybe I'd rather not. It reminds me of the story of the Christmas Carol by Alistair Sim, that Alistair Sim acted in. You know, the old 1950s Christmas Carol, a classic. I love it. I've been watching it my whole life uh, growing up. My family now watches it to me. It's the best Christmas Carol. Nothing will ever surpassed it. Alistair Sim is great. If you remember, Ebenezer Scrooge is visited one night by Jacob Marley. Jacob Marley, the ghost of Jacob Marley, visits him and he says, Ebenezer, you have a chance of redemption. Jacob Marley is carrying a long chain and he calls it a a ponderous chain. And he says, "Uh, Ebenezer, yours has been growing the last seven years and you've been forging it link by link and it's even longer than this one. And he says, you have a chance of redemption. I'm going to send you three spirits that are going to come in the night and visit you. Scrooge, of course, looks at him and says, so those three spirits, is that the chance of redemption you were talking about, Jacob? And he says, yes. He says, in that case, never mind. I think I'm okay. Maybe that's how you're feeling about the promise of suffering. Thanks, Matt, but I'm okay. I don't need to hear that promise. I hope, though, by the time we're done, you will see that though suffering is inevitable, Christ identifies with each of us in our suffering and is refining us for a day when we will be with him in glory. So let's get started. Let's open with a word of prayer. Father, I thank you for each person, each soul that is listening in, that is watching online this morning, Lord. And we are together as a church. Um, I just pray, Lord, that those that are here in the building Right now, those who are online, no one understand and feel that we are all together as part of the body of Christ. Even though some right now can't be physically together, Lord, it's not a physical building that is the church. The church is the people of God. So I thank you for that, Lord. As we speak this morning about suffering, Father, I pray that it will actually be an encouragement to each of us knowing that Jesus, you suffered, you suffer with us, and you have gone through all kinds of trials and tribulations and know the suffering that we are going through. You walk with us in it. And Lord, at the end of it, we have a crown of glory that we are going to receive. So Father, I just pray this morning that though we are talking about suffering, we will understand 
It is part of the world. It is part of what we're going to go through. And may it be an encouragement to each one of us, uh, each one of us this morning. Thank you, Lord. Amen. So there are four things that we want to cover today. One is that, as I just said, as we prayed, we will all suffer. Number two, we suffer with Christ and with each other as the church of God. Number three, we do not suffer as the world suffers. And number four, <clears throat> excuse me, we have complete victory over suffering. It's important as we go through these to understand suffering and to see God at work in it. You know, I've been taking some courses at Heritage College and Seminary over the last number of years in biblical care and counseling. And in the very first course, David Robinson is the gentleman that started up the program. In the beginning of the very first course, he kind of encouraged us and challenged everyone there. He said, do you have a theology of suffering? Do you understand suffering in the heart of God in it? And if you don't, you need to, so that you will understand it when suffering comes in your life and when you're walking, along other, walking alongside others, you will understand suffering. I thought I did have a theology of suffering. As I thought and prayed and read about it over the last couple of years, I realized that it was a bit weak. It just wasn't as strong as it should be. So I just encourage all of us to do that. Make sure we have a theology of suffering and understand it. And we'll be going through some of that this morning. If we don't have that understanding, when suffering comes, I feel we will be thrown. We'll be thrown when it comes our way or when we're walking with others and suffer, we might not know how to handle or understand why this is happening. So first, number one, we will suffer. Suffering will come to all of us in this world. It's not an if, it's a when. Let's look at Psalm 34 and 19. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. Many are the afflictions of the righteous. It will happen. Not only does it say afflictions will happen, it says there will be many. So it's not a one and done situation, it's not an if, it's a when, and we will suffer and have trials of many different kinds throughout our lives. In John 16, Jesus is speaking to his disciples and says, I have said these things to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but take, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Again, you will have tribulation and suffering in this world. It's a, it's a definite, you will have it. The word of God tells us that no one can avoid it. Suffering will come our way. This is clear all throughout scripture. And we know it to be true in our own lives, in the lives of our families, in the lives of our friends, and throughout history. Suffering is a common human experience. We will all go through it. But it does not seem to be equally portioned. Some people seem to have a greater level of suffering in the world than others, in this world, than others do. Yet, we will all suffer. Paul Tripp has a great book called Instruments in the Redeemer's Hands. I just have it here, so I just thought I would show it to you. Paul Tripp, Instruments in the Redeemer's Hands. It's a great book. And in there, he says, our experience differs only in the degree of the pain. So point one is that we will all suffer in our lifetime while on this earth. It is inevitable. The second point is that we as Christians suffer with Christ and with each other. Let's read Hebrews 2, chapter 2, verses 10 to 12. This is an amazing um, 
this is an amazing um, paragraph in the Bible, I think. In bringing many sons and daughters to glory, it was fitting that God, for whom and through whom everything exists, should make the pioneer of their salvation perfect through what he suffered. Both the one who makes people holy and those who are made holy are of the same family. So Jesus is not ashamed to call them brothers and sisters. He says, I will declare your name to my brothers and sisters. In the assembly, I will sing your praises. Christ is the pioneer, the author, the originator of our salvation. He identifies, uh, he, he identifies with us through what? Through miracles, through prosperity, through our jobs and our accomplishments. No, he identifies with us through suffering. Jesus, the Bible says, was tempted and suffered in many ways that we do, and even in far more ways than most of us ever will. We have a shared identity with Christ through the human the common human experience of suffering. But you also see what the author of Hebrews is getting at here. He says, not only is Christ the author of our salvation, which was made perfect through his suffering, he goes on to say that we are in the same family with Christ. Both the one who makes people holy, which is Christ, and those who are made holy, which is us, are of the same family. And we also know this to be true because elsewhere in the New Testament, it states that Christ is the head of the church and the church is his body. Put the head and the body together um, and you get oneness, right? Put the head of the body together with the body itself and you get oneness, one body, one family. So as one family, when a part of the body or the body itself hurts, the head hurts and Christ himself suffers with us. Jesus is fully able to understand any suffering that we go through, that we have gone through, or that we will go through. The passage also says that Jesus calls us brothers and sisters. So therefore, when we are suffering, not only is Jesus, the head, suffering with us, but we as the body suffer with each other. I hope that makes sense. Milton Bible Church, we share an identity as a family. We have shared experiences And we help each other through those experiences, the joys, sorrows, the good times, and the suffering. We were never meant to do this alone. We were meant to do this together. In my time at this church, and particularly particularly over the last number of years, as I've been leading the pastoral care ministry at the church, I have seen this happen in so many ways at MBC. I call it the church helping the church. Knowing that we are not alone when we suffer is a great help. Knowing a church family is praying for us and with us, receiving calls of encouragement, having others to laugh and cry with is so fundamental in enduring suffering. As I said, those shared experiences draw us even closer together as a family and closer with Christ. I have seen this in our embassy family, as I have said, common shared experiences, common shared experiences of healing as we prayed for people, You know, I think of Pat DeGrucci a number of years ago. We got together as a church family. We prayed urgently to God for her to be able to get a liver transplant, a liver transplant, because things were getting very critical and time was of the essence. And she was way down on the list. We prayed about it. She got a call a couple of days later and had the liver transplant done within, I believe it was a week. Forgive me, Pat, if I had the timing wrong. 
But it was amazing to have that common experience together. We've had those who have fallen sick at the church and have passed away and have passed away into glory. We had an opportunity to walk alongside them and their family during that difficult time in life. And there's been many other difficult situations we've walked together. All of these shared experiences together help the body grow in strength and grow in an even closer connection to the head, to Jesus Christ. I hope that makes sense. As a body, we together have common experiences of joys, of healings, of suffering, of death. And these, these common experiences together help us grow as a family. You know, I think of my own family. We get together at Christmas, at Easter, whenever, when we're allowed to. And you talk about stories, don't you? You talk about old stories when you were younger, when you were a child. And you say a little phrase that nobody else understands, but you and your siblings and your parents all crack up laughing because you understand you were there for that common shared experience. That's what we have as a body of Christ together. And that includes suffering. This identity of us in Christ being a family brings me to the next point, which is that Christians, as Christians, we do not suffer as the world suffers. We have a great hope and a comfort in knowing that when we call out to God, he hears us and he walks with us. Let's go back to Psalm 34 and now read verses 17 to 19. When the righteous cry for help, the Lord hears and delivers them out of all their troubles. The Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves the crushed in spirit. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. Church, he hears our cries for help. He is with the brokenhearted and those who are crushed, and he delivers us either now or later in the next world. This is why we do not suffer as the world suffers. We suffer with hope. Let's read James, the book of James, chapter 1, verses 2, verses 2 to 4. James 1, 2 to 4. Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. This is a great truth that brings hope to us as God's people. It's the trials, the testing, the suffering that are causing us to grow in our relationship with God, even though they are very painful at times. This passage tells us to count it as joy as we are suffering, to consider it as joy. It does not diminish how difficult these things are. In fact, it acknowledges it. It acknowledges that things are difficult, but it exhorts us to consciously consider our trials and suffering a joy because it draws us closer to Christ. This passage is not suggesting that we just be fake and say, don't remember the old song, don't worry, be happy, everything is just fine. We, that we are happy with this situation and we just move on. No, we're taught elsewhere in scripture to cry out to God, to seek his face, to ask why. The Psalms are full of such songs of lament. However, through the difficulty of suffering, we are called to consider it joy because of how God is working through it, and how he will ultimately work it out. This is something that we as believers have to offer the world and give them a framework around why and how we suffer. Most of the world has a religious or philosophical viewpoint around which to frame suffering. 
So many societies in our world understand that suffering is a part of life and that they are not completely, so they are not completely thrown by it when it happens. They also live in much closer sense of community and understand that when they suffer, the community around them suffers with them and gathers around them. That's the way a lot of the world understands they have a framework for suffering. In North America, however, particularly in the US and Canada, we have a very secular society which does not have a framework for society, I'm sorry, does not have a framework for suffering. Therefore, when it happens, the thought is that it should not have happened, that is totally unfair, and we need to fix it. We need to find a resolution in order to create a better society with less or no suffering. Church, we have so much to offer the world around us because we have total victory ultimately over suffering. Milton needs to hear that hope. This pandemic and isolation are great opportunities to be able to share that with our friends, our colleagues, our classmates, our family, our neighbors. We do not suffer as people without hope. Let's share that with the world around us. That brings us to the final point. We have complete victory over suffering because of what Christ has done for us and because of the eternal security that we have in him. Let's read a bit further in that passage in James 1. Let's read uh, James 1 verse 12. Blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial, for when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life, which God has promised to those who love him. What do we receive when we stay, when we stay steadfast in our relationship with God through suffering? We receive the crown of life which is an eternity in heaven with Jesus. Can I get an amen to that? Maybe a thumbs up or a little heart or smile emoji there. We see it also in Revelation 2, 9 and 10, where the author John is telling the church of Smyrna that even though they will go through testing and suffering, they should remain faithful. And what will they receive? Wait for it. You guessed it, the crown of life. Let's read it. Revelation 2, 9 and 10. I know your tribulation and your poverty, but you are rich and the slander of those who say that they are Jews and are not, but are a synagogue of Satan. Do not fear what you are about to suffer. Behold, the devil is about to throw some of you into prison that you will be tested. And for 10 days, you will have tribulation. Be faithful unto death and I will give you there it is, the crown of glory. With Christ, we have total victory over suffering and we will receive the crown of life and eternity with God himself. So let's just recap those four points. We will suffer. We suffer with Christ and with each other. We do not suffer as the world suffers. We have complete victory over suffering. We live in victory. We can live in the fullness of Jesus Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit knowing we are secure in him through all circumstances. I would like to leave you with four last things as we just wrap up this morning. Number one, are you currently suffering? Please know that you are not suffering alone. Christ also suffered and suffers along with you. Stay steadfast and stay faithful. But also, you're part of a body, the church family, Milton Bible Church. Or maybe you're watching and you're part of a different church family. That's okay. That's great. We're glad that you're part of a family of God. 
You do not have to suffer alone. Reach out to someone else that's part of Milton Bible Church, our family, for prayer and for support. Speak to the person on the care team that has been calling you and share what's been going on in your life and they would be happy and they would love to pray with you. Join the next Care Cafe, which is actually tomorrow night, the 15th Monday at 7 p.m. Join the Care Cafe. Care Cafe is just an opportunity. Bring a hot cup of coffee, tea, whatever you like. We meet on Zoom. We have a chance just to enjoy each other's company, have a laugh, have a game, but also be able to share what's on our hearts and to be able to, to pray for one another. So please join us at the Care Cafe if you, if you like. No pressure to share more than you want, but it's a great opportunity to connect with folks. It can be very difficult to reach out when you are suffering, but it is and it will be worth it. So one, are you currently suffering? So secondly, don't let your suffering define you. Let Christ define you and use your trials and suffering to help others. We are not defined by our trials. We are defined by Christ and he will work out our trials for his good. Chris McLean spoke a couple of weeks ago about the story of Joseph and how his brothers meant to harm him by selling him into slavery. But God used it for good and ended up making Pharaoh, ended up making Joseph number two in Pharaoh's whole land, his number two go-to guy in the whole country. What an awesome truth. God will take what was meant for evil and use it for good. God defines us and uses suffering to refine us. He's never the author of our suffering, but he certainly can use it for his good purposes. God is our identity, not our suffering. So we identify with God, not with our suffering. You are not a cancer patient who happens to be a Christian. You are a Christian who has cancer. You're first and foremost a Christian. I am not a person with Tourette's syndrome who, oh, by the way, also happens to be a Christian. I'm a Christian who has Tourette's syndrome and has tried to use that to help others. You know, I remember a story back when Don and I first got married, we went to a Tourette syndrome support group, which was mostly for parents of kids with Tourette's. And they wanted to talk to some adults, so myself and my friend Ken went, and they wanted to be able to talk to us about our experience and how it can help them raising their kids. Afterwards, one couple came up to me and said, Matt, you seem to be doing well. You've got a good business banking career. You're married. Uh, we didn't have kids at the time, but you, know, you seem to be doing well and you're, you're adjusted. How do you find that self-esteem and that identity through your threats? And I looked at him and I said, I don't. I said, my identity, my self-esteem is not through my Tourette's, it's through God. I said, honestly, that's where I get my identity. That then allows me to use this affliction that I have to help others out. Um, so we are identified by God, not by what we are suffering. Also, I have seen this in our Milton Bible Church family when I've had the opportunity to visit many in hospital or at home as they have been sick. And I see them being a blessing to myself and to others far more, I think, than I was able to bless them. They are not identifying themselves as what their, their trials they're going through. They are Christians first and foremost, sharing their faith with doctors, with nurses, with cleaning staff as they come in. I remember one fella in the Hamilton Hospital, and he got a relationship going with the man that came and cleaned and at night, and he lived across the road, and he talked to him about his family. He talked to him about God. It was wonderful. He, his identity was in Christ. It was not in what his current suffering was. So our identity is in Christ, not in our suffering. 
but we use our suffering, God uses our suffering to bless others. My third point is, are you current, or my third question to you is, are you currently feeling blessed and not suffering? If that is your situation, we thank God for that, but know that trials and difficult times, suffering will come. I don't want to be a downer, but as we said earlier, it's the human common experience. Now, in a time of blessing, is a time to make sure that, as Ed said last week, our foundation is based on the love and the grace of God. If our foundation is built on other things that are much less stable, like careers, money, success, etc., it'll be much more, it'll seem much more unfair when suffering comes along. And we may be more likely to respond in a secular North American framework than in a Christ-like framework. It might seem more unfair. Right now, I'm walking with a man at Milton Bible Church, and he and his family are going through some struggles right now, some difficulties, and, and it, it is some suffering right now. We've been able to walk together, and I've been able to encourage him in the suffering he's going through right now, and I, and I believe that has been an encouragement to him. And as we were talking just last week, I said, you know, right now, my family is, is in a is in a pretty good faith place. We're, we're feeling blessed. We don't seem to have a lot of suffering right now at hand. And his family is going through that. That could flip on a dime. Next week, it could be the exact opposite. And I know that he will be there for me, that he will be my comfort and, and will be helping me walk through that suffering. That is, a, a, to me, a beautiful tale of what the church of Christ, the body of Christ is like. We walk alongside one another. So if you currently are in a situation where you're feeling blessed where you're not suffering, be able to read or reach out to those in the church, reach out to others and be a comfort to them knowing that they will one day be a comfort to you. The last thing I want to leave you with is a question. Do you have faith in this God that we have been talking about? Everything we've been talking about is all predicated on a love relationship with God which is founded on the love and grace that he bestows on us and that we have accepted. Today, I ask you, do you know personally that God? Do you know that Jesus? Have you made that commitment to follow him um, with all your heart? That is the place to begin. That's the first step. So I just encourage you this morning, if you do not have that relationship with Jesus Christ, to start there. Go back and listen to the sermon that Jim did on the promise of salvation. That would be a great place to start. And we just pray that this morning you would start that relationship with God, which does not promise a wonderful life of nothing but blessing and prosperity. Absolutely not. There will be suffering. But ultimately, what does it promise? It promises a crown of glory for eternity. And that cannot be replaced by anything. So I encourage you to take that step today if you have not done so. So God bless each and every one of you. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. We love you. Let me just pray as we close off this morning. Father, I thank you for the love that you have for each person listening and watching this morning. I thank you, God, that you sent your son Jesus to live in the human condition that we are in and to fully understand suffering. Lord, when we, when we suffer and we're able to go to somebody and say, I've gone through the exact same thing that you have, there's just that little bit more of a connection because 
we know the other person has gone through exactly what we did. Father, thank you that Jesus came and that he knows our suffering, that he went through all the trials that we did and then some, even to the point of death on a cross for us. He did not deserve it. He was not a sinner as, uh, as we are. We are born into a state of sin, but he was not. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus, for that. Father, I just pray for anybody that's watching today that maybe has not made a commitment to follow you with their whole life. I pray that this morning is the day that they will make that commitment and start a path of um, a relationship with you which will ultimately lead to that crown of glory. I just think back to what I talked about, that illustration, um, that example of Ebenezer Scrooge and, and meeting with Jacob Marley. And he said that the chains, the links on his chains are being forged one by one um, every year. Lord, I pray that we can begin a journey today that forges a new chain, a chain of salvation, a chain of love and grace that begins now and will carry on to an eternity. It's a, it's a good chain. It's a chain that connects us to you. So Father, we just thank you for that. I just pray for each person this morning that you would bless them. In your name we pray. Amen. God bless.